This past Wednesday, I will say something, last Sunday, um, I remember what I preached, but I can't remember the title. But some of the same things is going on here this morning again. What do we do when we can't find God? What do we do when we can't find God? We don't hear His voice. We don't see Him. We have faith and we trust Him. We have faith and we trust He's still doing what He promised He's going to do. Amen? This past Wednesday, I preached on the first chapter of Jonah. And most people hear the, the, the name Jonah and they think Jonah in the well, which is a good thing. It is in the Bible. It's a great story. It's usually uh, kind of put in a category of a children's uh, story. But the book of Jonah has got my attention this week. And I've been praying. And Wednesday night I preached on the first chapter of Jonah. I titled my sermon Wednesday. If you didn't get to hear it, go on to our, our uh, Facebook page or go on to our website and listen to it. Not because I'm preaching it. It's just because it's a word from the Lord and I want you to hear it. The title of the sermon was Disobedience is Costly. Disobedience is Costly. How many grew up and got a spanking? Wow. We're the unusual church. Everybody got spankings, I guess. We were some bad kids, apparently. <laughs> Disobedience was the reason for my pain and affliction and spankings when I was a kid. Was it yours, too? Disobedience, was that the, that's the key? Disobedience is costly, we talked about how Jonah was a prophet and he carried out other assignments without any problems. And on this occasion, Jonah heard the voice of God very clearly. And because of his own will and his own hatred for the Assyrians and the city of Nineveh, Jonah went the opposite way of God's will for his life. He heard God. He understood God. And he said no to God. I'm going this way disobedient disobedient to God we all know the story how he went and got on a boat and then went in the opposite direction God sent a fierce storm that caused the mariners to pray and cast lots to see whose God was mad at one of them I love Jonah he confesses my God's the God that made this sea <laughs> he fesses up the lot fell to Jonah. Jonah admitted he was the cause of the storm. And if they'd throw him overboard, the ship and the crew would be saved. They didn't want to. They kept rowing. They was trying to save the ship. No, I don't, I don't want to just throw you overboard. Reluctantly, though, they threw Jonah overboard. And God, who wasn't finished with Jonah, sent a great fish. Now, we know that fish was a whale. And it swallowed Jonah whole. I got to thinking about some of this. Did you know this has happened before? Since this? That whales have swallowed human beings and they live, live through it? Most recently, just a few years ago, it was over in uh, the, the eastern part of the United States. Someone was on the uh, scuba diver was uh, down getting lobsters is what it was. Swallowed whole by a whale. 
and he lived to tell the story. i just let you know, some, some of these people think, man, these stories are crazy in the Bible. There's no way they get... I'm just telling you. I don't know if that guy's name was Jonah over there, but... God wasn't finished with Jonah, so he sent a whale and swallowed Jonah whole. Disobedience is costly. When we disobey God, what he's called us to do, I want to say this, don't think you're getting away with it. You had that child that he's doing something behind your back, you know what's going on. He's not getting away with it. You see him, he thinks he's being sneaky. You walk in the room. What, What, Mama? I don't have anything behind my back. Come on. You can't hide anything from God. You certainly can't hide disobedience from God. Let me tell you this. You'll never do anything in the kingdom of God without obedience. Everybody said amen. There are no shortcuts to obedience. Now, I say this all the time. Slow obedience is no obedience, and no obedience is sin. I don't know where that come from. It just come to me years ago, and I've been using it ever since. When we do things on our own time, that is not obedience to God. Pastor, you're getting awful serious awful quick today. This is kind of rubbing me the wrong way already. Well, don't, don't get mad at the messenger. Get mad at God. See how that works out, Jonah. We're going to talk about it. It didn't work out so good for him either. There's no shortcuts. We have to have obedience with God. People think they can do whatever they want. And God will just wink at them, say, it's okay. You can disobey me. You know, I still love you. Well, God loves me anyway. Well, sure he does. He loves people that's in hell right now. He does. He didn't send anybody to hell. He didn't create hell for humans. He created it for the devil. There's people in hell today because of their disobedience. Simple disobedience. You will never do anything for the Lord until you're broken before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. His will is going to be accomplished whether you like it or not whether you participated in it or not. God has a purpose and a plan for your life. I'm just going to testify right now. I've got these glasses on now. You see, these are different from my readers. I don't know if you noticed or not. When I put my readers on, I can see my words here, but I can't see you. You're all blurry. And so I have prescription glasses that I've had for years, and I don't wear because they give me headaches. And all of a sudden now, because the top part of these, the, the bifocal, the top part of these, they say I need it for far off things, but I don't need it to read. I'm, gonna, just, I'm just proclaiming a miracle right now. I can't read out of the bottom half tonight, today. I have to read off the top because I'm seeing this just fine. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I told you I just want to testify a minute. Well... You can line up with God, do His will, be obedient to Him, or you can keep fighting Him. But it's a losing proposition. God is not moving you to the next big thing until you do the first thing He's called you to do. Wow. Now, would you stand with me? Turn to the book of Jonah. I'm in the New King's 
King James translation, Jonah chapter 1, verse number 17. Then we're going to jump over to Jonah chapter 2. Jonah chapter 1, verse 17 says, Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Jonah chapter 2 begins, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly. I'm going to tell you what. I'm in this ship. It's rocking. Things are not going well. They throw me overboard. He gets swallowed by a whale. He's three days and nights in this fish. And then the Bible says he begins to pray. I think I would have prayed way before that. I'm, I'm just saying. What's he doing in the well? I mean, I, I'm just thinking, what in the world is he doing in there? That'd been the first thing I'd been doing. Anyway, let's go on. Jonah chapter 2, verse number 2. And he said, I cried out to the Lord because my affliction. And he answered me out of the belly of Sheol, or hell. I cried, and you heard my voice, for you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. Hallelujah. The waters surrounded me, even to my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the mooring of the mountains, the earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought me up, you have brought up my life from the pit, O oh Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. Verse number nine says, but I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. So the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Now, I was just at a kid's crusade, and I heard the story of Jonah. And the puppet said, Dear Lord, this is what the puppet said when Jonah prayed, Dear Lord, please let me come out the end that I went into first. I think I would have been praying that prayer too. Even though we may rebel against God sometimes, true repentance will restore us to God's favor. Amen? I want to preach for a few moments with the subject, coming back to God. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for your word. It's already anointed. I'm asking you, Lord, to touch my body right now. Touch my mind right now. Lord, let me speak your word with boldness. Let my, my thoughts be uninterrupted. Father, let the seed of the word go down deep inside of us today and let it flourish in our lives. I'm asking you, Lord, to anoint our eyes and ears to see and to hear what you'd have us to see and to hear today, Father. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, I pray you these things. Amen, amen. You may be seated in the presence of God. Some people might be thinking, what is Jonah's problem? Jonah was a prophet. He had prophesied before. He's living for God. He's doing the best he can. And yet he hears the voice of the Lord. And on this occasion, says, I'm not doing it. 
I'm not going to follow you, God. I'm going to go my own direction. And it's easy for us Christians to, to get on to Jonah, get on to David, get on to Peter, you know, acting all crazy and do these crazy things and not look in the mirror and realize this is me. I do the same things sometimes. Just people didn't write about it. People didn't see it. I'm not as famous as Jonah, but I did the same things. God spoke to me, and I went the opposite direction. But we want to say, what's, what's Jonah's problems? How did he manage to get inside a fish in the first place? What led to all this? It was simple. Disobedience. I know it's not popular. I know this sermon's not popular, hearing disobedience and, and then thinking about it in your own life and what you did. But stay with me. Stay with me. Amen me. I'm going to tell you, this went from a nine-page sermon to a 12-page sermon today just on the printer. I don't know how God did that, but it was only nine pages on my computer. I printed out and it was 12 pages. So it could be a long day or it could be a short day. Just how, how, how much do you want to get in with me? Wow. Jonah forsook God's plans. Jeremiah 2 and 13 calls it forsaking God. The fountain of living water. God has such great things. He is the fountain of living water. He knows everything about our lives. He has everything planned for our lives. But yet we hear his voice and we decide we know better. We want to go a different direction. That doesn't line up with my humanistic views. That doesn't line up with my personal plans, my, 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 my plans for retirement, my plans for my wife and my kids. My plan. It, God, that doesn't line up with what I want to do. We look around at people and wonder the same thing sometimes, like, what's their problem? Why can't they live for God? Why don't they just give in to God? Disobedience. Disobedience. How do they get themselves into that situation? Sometimes it's simple. We disobey God and find ourselves in difficulties we never intended. How many, in, how many have put yourself in a difficult situation on purpose? Just for the fun of it. I just want to see how deep I can get messed up right here. I'm doing this. Most people are not there. I don't know one alcoholic that took the first drink and said, I want to become an alcoholic. One drug addict took a drug and said, I want to be a drug addict. I want to live homeless. I want to hide this for the rest of my life. I, I, I want... Well, Jonah may have failed God initially, but by Jonah running back to God, by Jonah praying, it opened the door for a miracle from God. There was already a miracle taking place for him to survive the boat ride and being cast into the sea and being swallowed by a fish. Is that not enough miracles? That's a huge miracle. I'm just telling you right now, it is. And now he's praying, and he's opened the door for more miracles from God. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. What was going through Jonah's mind when he's flying through the air? I just, you know, I'm, I'm one of these guys, I, I, I see these things with my mind. I read it, and then I think, I'm, I, really? I, I've dove off some diving boards before, and I thought, I'm going to die. 
be honest with me. How many is afraid of sharks? We got shark week coming up. I get in the ocean about this deep. And the water hits my ankles and sometimes it scares me and I back up. I promise I was swimming in an Olympic-sized swimming pool one time, and I had my head down because I can swim underwater. I'm a good swimmer, and I was just swimming, 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 and the thought hit me, what if there's a shark in here? I'm coming out of the water. How crazy is that? What was going through Jonah's mind when he's being thrown in the sea that's, that's going crazy right now? So I started thinking about it. My first thought would have been, Where's my life jacket? Where's my life jacket? Somebody throw me some floaties. I'll put on my arms and I will float. Somebody, I need a flotation device. Of course, the first thing I believe that would really hit my mind was, I'm going to die. I'm going to drown. Now, on the surface, it may sound unpleasant to be swallowed by a fish, but really, this was a great miracle. This was a way to be saved. Hitting the water, going through that storm, he probably would have drowned. He would have died. But God made a way. How disgusting of a way is that? Wow. <laughs> it's better than dying backslidden. It's better than dying going to hell at odds with God. It's true that Jonah had disobeyed God, but here we see that God is still merciful to him. God is going to give him another chance. Jonah deserved death, but God spared his life. Can I tell you, that's grace in action right there. That's grace in action. No wonder David said in Psalms 103 and 17, But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on, who, on those who fear Him and His righteousness to children's children. When we don't deserve another chance, God gives us another chance. God provides a fish to swallow us up and preserve us. We may not like the circumstances that we're in, but sometimes it's preserving us from ourselves. God is still, God was still called uh, Jonah's God. God was still called Jonah's God in Jonah 2 and verse 1. What mercy, what grace. This prophet, this prophet of God had rebelled against the commandment of God. He had gone his own way, and yet God still called, let, excuse me, Jonah still called God his God. Even though he is disobedient to him, but in the word, God was still called Jonah's God. Not because Jonah was worthy of this, but because God's long-suffering and loving kindness. Hmm. How many remember Dennis the Menace? I loved him. He was my great example. Dennis the Menace and his friend Joey are walking outside the Wilson's house, both, both of them eating a cookie. Dennis says to Joey, we didn't get a cookie because we're nice. We got a cookie because Mrs. Wilson is nice. You see the godly principle there? We don't deserve 
second chances. We don't deserve for God to save us and preserve us, but yet he does. Why? Not because we're nice, because he's loving. He's loving God. Even though Jonah had experienced a tremendous miracle, the battle was not over. He had still disobeyed God. This miracle was just God's way of giving Jonah another chance. So many times we disobey God and we think, well, I'm just praying. I'm going to ask God for forgiveness. And then there's no consequences of my actions. There was consequences for Jonah being disobedient. God couldn't simply overlook Jonah's act of disobedience. Jonah had some repenting to do. Do you know, sometimes God will bring you to the point where that's all you have left is to repent to him. He lets you go as far as you want to go. He says, enough's enough. And in those moments, you have a choice to make. When, we, when we've been disobedient to the voice of the Lord, guess what? We have to repent too. Let me remind you, this is a prophet of God. This is not some drug addict, alcoholic, down and out, murderer. This is... This is a man of God that's been disobedient. Too many Christians think, you know, I'm a Christian. I go to church. I pay my tithe. I can live however I want to live. Absolutely not. You're to live by the voice of the Lord, what he's called you to. Jonah running to God involved a prayer of repentance. Yeah, he's did bad. He's run away. He's been swallowed by a fish, but now he's praying. Jonah prayed out of the depths of despair. Jonah chapter 2, verse number 1. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the fish's belly. Jonah found himself in the belly of a great fish or a whale. When you're faced with a situation like this, there's nothing left to do but pray. What else is he going to do? You're in a fish, dude. You're wrapped up with seaweed. Too many times we don't see ourselves like that. We need to come and look in the mirror and see ourselves and how we're wrapped up in some things we shouldn't be wrapped up into. Jonah found himself in the belly of the whale. Notice in verse 2, Jonah says, Out of the belly of hell, I cried. That word sheol there means a place of departed spirits. In other words, Jonah was saying, for all practical purposes, I knew I was a goner. I was a dead man. I was down so low, I'd reached up just to touch the bottom. So I prayed. Has anybody ever been there? You went to your lowest point and you thought, what in the world am I going to do? And finally, like the prodigal, in a pig pen, eating pig slop. I know that doesn't preach well. The Bible says he come to himself, and he come back to the Father. Wow. Has there been times when you couldn't get any lower and you finally called out to God? Unfortunately, pride will still keep some people from calling out to the Lord in times of trouble. Jonah prayed because he was afflicted. Jonah 2 and 2. And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. And he answered me out of the belly of hell. I cried. And you heard my voice. He knew he was being punished because of his disobedience. He didn't see his preservation. 
He was being chastised by the hand of God, so he prayed, not asking for mercy because he had already been merciful to him. Now he's praying his prayer of repentance. He's asking God to forgive him. Jonah's praying, God, I was wrong. I want to tell you, God hears all kinds of prayers. He does. He hears that repentance prayer from the sinner. That's what he's going to hear. I'm going to tell you something, and you're going to think, Drew, this is, that's not right. It's mean. It's, it's this. It's that. God does not hear a prayer of a sinner unless it is of repentance. The Bible says it. I, that's not Drew's theology. That's what the Bible says. David said in Psalm 18 and 6, In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple, and my cry came before him, even to his ears. Jonah prayed because his soul was faint. Jonah 2 and 7, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer went up to you and to your holy temple. How many of us have ever been there? I know where I look around, everybody looks like a Christian to me here today. But how many has ever been in this situation that Jonah's in? He's on his last ounce of strength, just about gone. Suddenly, Jonah realized what was happening. Jonah prayed to God. He had already played the part of the fool. Now he prayed to God. He's dying in the belly of this fish. No one would ever even know what happened to him. Jonah may even thought he'd never be missed. It's in this moment of despair that Jonah came to his senses. He remembered God and he prayed. Too many times we get ourselves in the same circumstance that Jonah's in. God gives us direction, but because we don't like it, we rebel against God. God's merciful. He sends a fish, and we're mad about it. Why a fish? Why a whale? Never mind that this dark, slimy, smelly, stinky fish saved your life. We want to sulk in our own self-pity, wondering why God won't let us do it our own way. Let me tell you, it may not be the Hyatt Regency. It may not be the Marriott. It may not even be the Holiday Inn Express. But Jonah was saved by God. He was rescued. He was preserved. Can I tell you today to stop complaining at where God has you? You and I deserve a whole lot worse when we're disobedient. God saves us. We had to walk through some things and we're upset about it. It's stinky, it's smelly, it's disgusting. And we're thinking, this ain't God. This couldn't be God. You may be walking through something because of your disobedience. How many know, and I'm just going to say for this, you hate repercussions. We hate repercussions. Forget that we're disobedient to God. Forget that God saved you in spite of yourself from certain disasters. Forget that he died on a cross for you so that you would not have to pay the sin penalty. I don't want to mind you, God. I want to be disobedient. I want to do my own thing. I don't want to go and preach to these people. That's why Jonah's in his situation. We disobey and we complain. Jonah 2 and 2 tells us that Jonah prayed and his prayer was heard. 
It doesn't matter how low you are if you'll pray to God with sincerity in your heart, with repentance in your heart, He's going to hear you. It doesn't matter that you're entangled with the weeds of this world around your head. God is waiting and listening for your prayers. We can get ourselves in the worst possible messes. We disobey God in the littlest of things. We walk away from Him and where God has placed us, God's called us, He's assigned us to, but He's still merciful when we call on Him. He still loves us. He still cares for us. Jonah 2 and 6 says, I went down to the mooring of the mountains, the earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. God was merciful and heard his prayer. It doesn't make any difference how good or bad things may get. Don't forget God. He knows where you're at. He hears the prayers of repentance. And while Joan is running to God now, he's still learning some valuable truths. Those three days and nights that Jonah spent in the belly of the well was not wasted time. God made Jonah go to school during this time to learn some lessons. You would think, well, that's enough just being there, no? Listen to what Jonah learned. The very first thing. Sin separates us from God. Sin separates us from God. Disobedience is sin, and it separates us from God. As Jonah was being thrown overboard, he said, I'm cast out of thy sight. He recognized that his sinful disobedience had separated him from God, the God he once loved and served. <coughs> but all that had changed now. He had sinned against God. As he was falling through the air, falling through the water, he sensed that the floods compassed about him. The billows and waves passed over him. He was falling from the presence of God. Can I tell you that leaving God's presence is an awful feeling? Getting down to pray and trying to touch heaven. And it feels like there's a brick wall you're not getting through. I was... Jonah needed to hear this. And this time he needed to hear this. This is Isaiah 59 and 2. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you. So he will not hear. A sinful state is a miserable state to be in. Once again. I'm not judging anyway. You, everybody here looks like a saint. Everybody here looks like a Christian. You're saying, Drew, why are you preaching this today? I don't, somebody needs to hear this. If you're not walking through this right now, it's ahead of you. You're going to have choices to make. A, a, a choice that you're going to have to make whether to be obedient to God or walk away from Him. To be disobedient is to walk away from God. Jonah 2 and 5, the water surrounded me even to my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. Jonah says that the weeds were wrapped around his head. To me, there is nothing as slimy and repulsive as seaweed. I told you I just barely get in the ocean the way it is. And if there's seaweed there, I am absolutely not getting in there. 
and his head's wrapped around with this. You can get your feet tangled up in it. It's a miserable feeling. I don't like it. And he's got his head wrapped around in it. Can you imagine what it must have been like to live inside the belly of a fish for three days? I've crawled under some houses that felt like I was in the mouth of something. It stunk. It was wet. It was nasty. Had no place to turn. It was miserable for Jonah. It must have been pure torture for him. The Bible says in Proverbs 8.36, But he who sins against me wrongs his own soul. All those who hate me love death. Jonah tells us that sin ensnares us. Jonah 2 and 6, I went down to the mooring of the mountains, the earth, with its bars closed behind me forever. He's praying a prayer of how he felt. I was as far down as a body can go. The gates were slamming shut behind me forever. I want everyone to hear me and hear me good today. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not being judgmental. I'm I'm proclaiming the truth. The watchman on the wall. Sin is bondage. Sin separates you from God. And, And I want to say that clear because so many times we think it's not that big a deal. It's not that big a deal. It's a huge deal. It's a deal breaker. Jonah wanted to do his own thing, so he disobeyed God. He thought he had found real freedom. I want to do what I want to do. I want to go where I want to go. That's real freedom, right? That's what we think here in America. Freedom to do whatever we want. The problem is we've taken this into the spiritual world and say, God, I want my freedom. I want my freedom from you. I don't want to do what you're doing. You're constraining me to something. The enemy of your soul will tell you that doing your own thing won't hurt anyone. Matter of fact, he'll tell you that you're going to have fun doing it. Be your own boss. Do what you want to do. Inevitably, sin ties us up until we're trapped, wondering how we ever got to this point. I have did that over and over where I wondered, how did I get to this place? I have drove down the road before, get somewhere and think, how did I get here? What wrong turn did I make to get here? Bugs Bunny kept making wrong turns at Albuquerque. Jonah was finally doing what he'd always wanted to do instead of something that someone else had told him to do. Before Jonah realized what was happening, he found himself in a prison. Not a prison made of steel and concrete and stone, but one made of his own disobedience. Sin traps you and takes you away from your freedom. Sin is bondage. Listen at this. This is why Jesus says in John 8, 36, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. He also said in John 8, 32, And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Hallelujah. When we're in sin, we're in bondage, and we need the liberator. How many knows the liberator? Jesus Christ. We need Jesus to come in and to set us free. Another thing sin does, sin leads us away from God's mercy. Listen to this, Jonah 2 and 8. 
those who regard worthless idols or lying vanities is what King James says, forsake their own mercy. Now, somebody might say, well, what are lying vanities? That's a weird statement. Lying vanities are worthless idols. False gods, first of all, is lying vanities. Opinions of men is lying vanities. Self-will is lying vanities. And the habit of sin is lying vanities. Jonah learned some valuable lessons about the awfulness of sin in that well's belly. While running to God, Jonah made some promises to God. He said, I will turn to God. Do you see that in there? Then he said, I have been cast out of your sight, yet I will look again towards your holy temple. God, this is what he's saying, even though I've disobeyed you and you've had to punish me, I'm going to come back to you. I'm truly sorry for what I've done. I realize that you're the only way and I'm going to serve you. I'll look to you. I'll call to you for help. But let me tell you, running to God involves repentance. Jonah 2 and 9, but I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is in the Lord. Psalms 107, 22 says, let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Psalms 116 and 17 says, I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. Israel had disobeyed God. We see that all through the Old Testament. God punished them by bringing them into captivity for 70 years. But they repented and ran back to God. When I'm running to God, I need to come with thanksgiving in my heart. And also Jonah said, I'm going to pay my vows. He made up his mind he's going to do what God had called him to do. God, I'm going to go where you said go. I'm going to say what you said to say. I'm going to be what you want me to be. Jonah had made some promises to God. He, he knew he had to keep his promises. He must pay his vows. How many has ever made a promise to God? God, if you get me out of this. How many has ever broke a promise to God? I'm raising my hand. God expects us to keep our vows. He expects us to keep our promises. Would you stand with me? Regardless of the depth of our disobedience and rebellion, God is constantly at work in our life with the ultimate goal to bring you back to himself. You wonder, why am I going through something? Why am I going through this? Why am I in the belly of a whale? Why is my head wrapped around with seaweed? What in the world is going on? God will put you in a place where you have no choice to look to him. He will. Now, my recommendation, don't get to that place. Be obedient. There's a good side to this story. Be obedient the first time. You don't have to go through all this. But I'm trying to help you today. If you're in a situation right now, this is the way you come back to God. God wants us to have unity with him. He doesn't want anything separating us from him. Some of the things that happen to us are not always pleasant, but 
Could it be that God's trying to get our attention to give us the opportunity to run back to him? I'm not just talking to the sinner today. I'm talking to everyone under the sound of my voice. Jonah was a prophet. He heard the voice of the Lord. He disobeyed. He sinned. And he ran from God. How many knows you can run, but you can't hide? God could have allowed Jonah to drown, but in his mercy, God allowed Jonah to live to provide him another opportunity to obey. Until that final day of judgment, God's chastisement of us is always for the express purpose of causing us to turn to him and to serve him. I'll just be honest with you. I hated spank. I mean, I hated spanking my boys. It was everything I could do not to spank them. And finally, I had to break down and spank them. God does everything he can for us. Tries to help us in every way he can help us. He's not a God that's up there and says, I just, I just want to chastise my people today. This will be fun. Let's crack the whip. That's, that's not the way it is. When I had to spank my, my boys, it was for a purpose. For them to line up to be obedient. So they would be well-adjusted human beings in today's society, productive human beings in today's society. God has to do the same thing to us sometimes. Somebody said, well, I need some help. He's already sent the help. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus.